0: Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bins, once again, another very exciting week in the Premier League. Plenty of shock results, some big games, but I think the, the main thing we're going to have to talk about today is the controversy of VAR, and uh, just it's how it doesn't work in modern day football. Owen, passing it over to you.
1: Yeah, so obviously VAR was the, the talk, It was it was the... In the headlines this week, a couple of errors in, in big games. Uh, one of those big games, being the league leaders, um, Arsenal, took on Brentford this weekend. We said last week that it, they could struggle, even though it was at the Emirates. And uh, look, Brentford came away with the draw, 1-1. Um, a controversial goal from Ivan Toney, sealed the fate. However, there was also a couple of controversy, controversial decisions given against Brentford, especially in the first half. Connor, what do you make up of the, the entire performance, let alone VAR, just for now?
0: It was one of those games where it, it was sort of it was sort of strange in a way, to be to be honest. Um obviously Arsenal at the Emirates this season have been absolutely fantastic and they have dominated quite a lot of games that they've been involved in. However, it's <sighs> It was one of those games where Brentford just did what they had to do and they did muscle Arsenal out of it at times, um, which is something that you know we haven't seen from Arsenal this year. They haven't really been bullied like that really um, this season in the league. Um, you know, a very interesting stat that, that I've seen over the weekend was that uh, William Saliba lost 10 out of 10 of his aerial duels um, throughout the game. And this has sort of been a wee common feature over the last few weeks. Uh, maybe even from Arsenal, have come back from the World Cup. Mm. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of um, a lot of us had Saliba in our, you know, mid-season, yeah. team of the seasons. And a lot of Arsenal fans um, on social media have been voicing that, that they think Saliba is one of the best centre-backs in the world. But mm-hmm. really, I would say from we've come back from the World Cup, he's been poor. Um mm. He sort of hasn't looked the same defender, um, even against United a couple of weeks ago. I thought he was the defender United could get at yep. and, and sort of target and, and exploit.
1: Well, it was Licham Martinez scored the header against Saliba. Saliba.
0: So, I I just think Brentford came and have done what they've done to so many teams this season. Um, done what they've had to do. It really worked hard to to get a result. Now, in terms of in terms of um you know, uh, Brentford's goal again, that's your first point of view or controversy this weekend it should have been offside to be completely honest well talk us through it though, Tom. well look there, there's two offsides for a start there's the offside in the first phase of build up and then there's the offside in the second phase of build up the, the one in the second phase of build up is the one that I can't believe VAR did not see mm-hmm. they, they, they didn't even mark Norgard on the on the VAR check they marked Tony mhm it wasn't Tony that was offside. Norgard was standing another two yards in front of the player. Yeah. He was the guy that flicked the ball back towards Ivan Tony. It was offside. It, the goal shouldn't have counted.
1: Well, they said it was down to human error. And this isn't the first result of VAR that has went against Arsenal this season. Yeah. yeah. So, obviously, Arsenal fans... Obviously, they're caught up in the moment. Um, top of the league, as you would be. Mm-hmm. So, they probably are thinking the league's against them at this point. Mm-hmm. Would they be fair in thinking that?
0: Um... Look, they've definitely had some howlers go against them this season, big time. And, and look, I'm not an Arsenal fan, but if I was an Arsenal fan, I would definitely be annoyed that mm-hmm. so many decisions have went against them. Um, the, again, the thing I would say is, though, you know, everybody talks about, you know, all the managers come out every week and they just want consistency for VR. There can't be consistency in it. It is a human that is the video assistant referee. Mm-hmm. Not every referee in, in the VAR booth is going to see things the same way. Yeah. There's going to be different interpretations. Different yeah. um, look, Arsenal, uh, that's the first time since January 2002 when they've scored first they haven't won the game at mm-hmm. the Emirates, which is a pretty impressive stat to be yeah. fair. Um, going sort of basically at 13 months um, with, with that great record. But Brentford, like I said, have done what they've done so many times this season and Once again, that they did really impress me. Yes, the their goal was offside, but I do believe their performance warranted at least a point out of that game.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Owen, just touching on Brentford. um, Look, Ivan Tony scored the goal. Controversial circumstances, but he scored the goal. He's having a phenomenal season so far. Um, His game by numbers against Arsenal: he had fifty-four touches, he won twelve out of his thirteen aerial duels, Um, he won five out of seven of his ground duels, he made one key pass, and he scored a goal. Look, he loves a bat-builder, but he's an absolutely phenomenal striker, isn't he?
2: Yeah, he's one of the premier strikers in the league at the minute, to be deadly honest with him. He probably should have scored more against Arsenal. He had the one where he tried to place it perfectly in the top corner, hit the post, he should have just smacked it in the goal. Yeah, It'd be a different story. Brentford as a whole, we've seen it multiple times seen it this season, especially against City, they know how to get a result. They know how to dig in, but keep that attacking... ...threat up that they're not just inviting pressure constantly on them. They can make the team... ...if they don't have the ball, the other team holds it... ...but they don't hold it in dangerous areas. Look at Connor's touch on VAR here. I can't, I can't understand about the consistency he's talking about. It's a man... it's a man, ...and they're going to make errors. But I feel when it comes to offside... ...which is something that isn't an objective decision. It's not like a ha- the handball rule... ...where different people can see it different... ...or a foul... ...where people can see it different. See it, see it different. Offside is offside... and. For that to feel at the top level, which the English Premier League is at the minute in world football, is inexcusable, I think. Yeah, I agree. Because no, there's no objectivity. You have to draw the lines on it. And look, at decisions of went against Arsenal. I'm not going to get into a big conspiracy because there's not a big conspiracy. But Arsenal are now three points ahead of Manchester City with one game in hand. They could, if the decisions went their, went their way, be as far as 12 points ahead. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, that's not going to case because they've got decisions as well over the pace. Mm-hmm. But that just shows how VAR is impacting these decisions and can have massive ramifications come towards the end of the season. Like Arsenal, if Arsenal lose the league by two points, they would be. This would be like this would be an issue that goes on for years and yeah. years. Like that, that's disgraceful. Of if, if a league title comes down to decisions like that. Yeah, agreed, lad.
1: Yeah, look. Moving on from Arsenal. But just one last quick word. Um, so in the last two weeks now, they've dropped four points, mm-hmm. um, a draw and a loss. Um, a loss, of course, at the hands of Everton. Are the wheels starting to come off a bit, Connor? They face Manchester City this weekend.
0: It's do you know, it, it is it, it's diff, it is difficult to, to to say if they are or if they're not because they have been the best side in the league this year. The only thing I will say is they do look out on their feet a wee bit at the minute. Mm-hmm. I do think the pressure is getting to them a wee bit. Um, they just looked tired against Brentford. They looked tired last weekend against Everton. It's almost as if they're... they're the football that they've been synonymous with playing under Arteta and, and have been so good at this season, maybe the spark's dwindling a wee bit. Mm. I It does make you call into question, you know, are they the real deal? Are they the next sort of super team in the Premier League? It. These questions do need to be answered, and I would just say these last two weekends they have—they've been very lackluster, to, mm. to be honest. And, and if I was an Arsenal fan, I wouldn't be panicking. There's still a lot of football to play, so I certainly wouldn't be, you know, up in arms about it or, mm-hmm. or really, mm-hmm. really too worried about it. But the only things—the only thing—is they are maybe starting to show signs of maybe that fear factor's creeping in just just a little bit at, at the minute.
2: Totally. Totally it, it, It's a concern Once You can write it off Twice in a row It starts to get a wee bit concerning mm. and, and it puts massive pressure On this game mm-hmm. uh, it's Tomorrow night isn't it? Uh, yes yeah, tomorrow night it's Tomorrow night So If they don't pick up a result Against Man City They could be in big trouble Of seeing it very quickly Run away from them mm. Are they
1: a momentum team Do you think or? Like, I think every team's a momentum team mm. To a degree I don't I th- think Well I would say that, I would say the better teams Are able to push through a bad spell, yeah. spell of form. So uh, can Arsenal do that?
2: I believe, I believe this current crap can do that. Look, I do think that just they're one result away from getting back on track, and like it doesn't like a, even a point tomorrow against City is a big, big result for mm-hmm. Arsenal because it's a must not lose really for them. But if if they beat City tomorrow, that is massive. That mm. changes the whole complexion around Arsenal. It's like flicking this light switch on, yeah. and everything. The whole mood's picked up. All of a sudden, City's thinking. They were six points behind, they have a game in hand go, we're gonna be nine points behind. Yeah. And now they've we've stopped, we have to only have play them once it's out of our hands. Now so if Arsenal can get a result tomorrow, it changes the whole complexion. If they don't get a result tomorrow, that's when it starts to become a big concern
1: about the wheels falling off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um look over A touching Man City, so let's let's move on to them. Uh, second place on the table, um, off the back of uh a bad result against Spurs. They've they've bounced back with a three-one win against Aston Villa. And um, one of the key performers was Rodri uh, Richie, and he had 112 touches, 91 passes completed with a 91 percent pass accuracy. Um, he won all of his aerial duels, um, one out of one dribble completed, and he scored a lovely finish as well. He has scored more goals against Aston Villa than he has scored against any other team in his
0: career. How important
1: is he to that City midfield? Uh,
0: completely important, Um, to be honest. And it is becoming a common feature that whoever McArdle picks for the boob of the week <laughs> seems to put in an absolute yeah. shift the next <laughs> week. <laughs> um, so it is funny. It's funny in that regard, to be completely honest. But um, listen, City, uh, it was the perfect bounce back for them, really, mm-hmm. to be honest. Look, I didn't think they needed to try too hard in the game. I actually do think Aston Villa made it quite... Yeah. easy for them mm-hmm. to be honest Villa Villa, Villa were poor that's, that's probably probably the, the poorest I've seen Villa um, in a wee while mm-hmm. um, definitely their poorest performance under Emery mm-hmm. um, I was well uh, they were poor again Leicester last week too to be fair but mm-hmm. I Two bad results in a row for Villa, to be honest. But look, City, City, City went back to sort of you know their fluid style of football um, at the weekend, which I'm sure City fans were, were more than more than happy to see come back. Um, definitely played to Haaland's strengths um, a lot more in the game. He seemed to be more involved. Uh, which
1: well, taken off at half time.
0: T- taken off at half time. I think he, I think Pepe's come out and said though he has got a bit of a knock. Mm. Yeah, which is worrying because they'll have wanted him to play again Arsenal and mm-hmm. I would have liked him to play again Arsenal because he's in my fantasy team. <laughs> I think so.
1: I
2: think that was more precautionary on the yeah. job done. To yeah. Make sure he does play again yeah. Arsenal.
0: Yeah. Aye. Um but look nice we nice we win for, for City. They're they're sort of back now um looking at Arsenal, thinking mm-hmm. right realistic prospect here of, of catching these guys. Yeah. So um yeah just a just a good day for City really.
1: Absolutely. Um Owen oh, look Man City, they are one of them teams. They've been the super team for years and years. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously this week, this performance was obviously going to be huge for them, considering the controversy that has surrounded them this week. And uh, we've talked about that in depth on the Bottom Ends Extra. It's going out tonight, uh, day of this recording. It's going out Tuesday at 6pm, so hopefully you give that a listen. Um, But amidst all that, there's been one star performer, especially since the World Cup, but all season, we've seen Riyad Mahrez really, really come into form. Yeah. How good is he, and where does he rank among the world's best wingers? Uh,
2: we've seen a real... Revali- yeah. I'm not going to try and say... Come back from Riyad, I was going to try and say a word. Revelation. <laughs> of, of Riyad Mahrez. <laughs> Mahrez. Had a rough night last night, so ignore that. Um, <laughs> look, at, Mahrez is one, has always been a great winger. Obviously, we know what he was like at Leicester. He was fantastic. He went to City... And he's always been steady for City, but he hasn't had that uh, breakout season yet for Mancilla. And I feel this is the season where he's putting himself up there in the conversation as best wingers in the Premier League and best wingers in Europe. Look, at like it takes a lot of balls to take a penalty off Erling Haaland mm-hmm. and if he misses that penalty. And Mahrez has had a ropey enough record from the penalty spots sometimes, so that took massive balls from him. Yep. Even his link-up play and his interplay is fantastic. There's one one time against Villa actually he made a absolutely mess of the shot, but the, the quick feet to get in the box and give himself the chance was fantastic. Um, I I always feel City played better with him. Um, but overall for City it was kind of was a performance that we've kind of come used to City. It's back to what we used to job done at half time, feet up at second half. I don't know what Callum Chambers was doing for the second goal. Mm. When Amy Martinez was right behind them, and he just decides, "No, I'm going to handle this. I'm fall over because it'll be funny." But like as Connor said, Villa made it a bit easy for City. It's probably the first result, first performance Villa have had under Emery. And um, but as we've said loads of times in this podcast, teams like Villa and stuff, season isn't defined by exactly. Going to the had.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah, brilliant result for City, especially capitalising on the on the drop points from Arsenal, which they failed to do last week. And um, moving on to the Better side of Manchester. Um, Agreed. Manchester United took on their their rivals Leeds once again, and uh, for the second time this week, the first time ended in a two-two draw after United being down two-nil. However, this result was much different. Manchester United going to Allen Road and coming out with a two-nil victory. Connor, sum it up
0: for me. Yeah, and just um, I, I was, to be honest, I was sort of. Glad to get the result but disappointed with the performance. Um, United these last couple of weeks have not looked great but they're still picking up decent results which is always a good sign you know you don't have to play well all the time to pick up results like Lord knows if you speak to any Liverpool fan over, over the last few years you know Klopp was good at seeing games out even though they were not playing well and I'm, I'm glad to say that our manager can, can, can do the same thing really. Uh, a couple of points to touch on really, I'm um, glad to see the integration of Jaden Sancho um, mm-hmm. back into the side, he does look like a more confident version of, of Jaden Sancho. It's good to see. It is great to see and it's a Jaden Sancho that, that we haven't got to see. Now listen, he wasn't great um, on, on Sunday but uh, especially in, in the game on last Wednesday night he, he was excellent, You know, he really mm-hmm. put his Change head down. Drove at man. I haven't seen Sancho do that yet in the United shirt, mm-hmm. but, he, but he did it the other night, and he looked to be United's sort of creative outlet the other night, which takes a burden off Bruno, mm-hmm. um, which which you do need. You need the different types of players that can take the take the loads and take the burdens off other players. So great to see Sancho back on the side and really do wish him all, all, all the best for, for this coming season. Um, Marcus Rashford now up to 21 goals for, for the season. Um, his record in a Manchester United shirt is 22. So... He's going to absolutely smash that. On current form, um, maybe this is a bit controversial, I don't know. But on current form, I don't think there's a better player in the world right now, to be honest. Um, I I agree. He is absolutely killing it this season. And he walks into any 11 in in world football right now. Um, uh, Fred, again, uh, was really, really... I don't know what it is about Fred, right? I feel like I've said this all uh, all the time uh, Fred has been at Man United. One week he is absolutely fucking shocking, <laughs> absolutely brutal. And I'm saying to myself, like, if Fred can play for Man United, then surely I might get the call up at some <laughs> stage. But, like, at the weekend there, I like can lead, he regained possession eight times. Let's go. And that's equaled the Premier League record this season for regaining possession. Baller. Where does this come from? Like Baller. One week he is absolutely <laughs> ass, and then the next he is absolutely brilliant in midfield. Like, Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. He ran about like a fucking headless chicken the other day. Love but that. he was very good at what he did. He won the ball back. Won the ball back twice that led to, to both of our goals against Leeds. Um, so fair play to Fred. Those are the types of performances you need to see from him because he is a high-energy and high-action midfielder. I do think Fred plays better when he has... Casemiro beside him. But then Jesus, any of us could play better with, with Casemiro beside with scores, us. Yeah. Um and again, yeah, Garnacho, he's come under a lot of stick and a lot of flack mm. from from United fans recently. I mean, Jesus Christ, the lad's eighteen get off his back. Yeah. Just let him play his football. Yeah. Group. yeah. So I was glad to see him get back on the score sheet and I love the celebration from him, the look in the camera and the, the you know, shrugs it off as mm-hmm. if to say Ah, look, this, this is, is what I do. This is easy bronze to me. Yeah, so. I thought my mom was going to hit the when started, <laughs> Yeah, but he did the fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, look, glad to see Garnacho on this on the score sheet, and gets me very excited to play Barcelona on, on Thursday night. I have to say, always great to beat Leeds. To be honest, a fucking scum and I hate them.
1: Fair play, fair <laughs> play. Well, I'm glad you're excited to play against Barcelona. I Hope Ten Hag picks you in the store and all that. Um. Oh, and another player that was fabulous for Manchester United, was uh, Fred's partner in midfield, Marcel Sabitzer. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sabitzer had an 84% pass accuracy, 66 touches, uh, 13 out of 13 final third passes completed. He won 6 out of 9 uh, ground duels. He won all of his tackles. Uh, he had 5 ball recoveries, 3 aerial duels won, 2 interceptions and 1 clearance. This is a man who has just come into the side... And obviously there's been a lot of pressure put on them because he's had to fill in for Casemiro straight away. And how do you fill in for the best whole midfielder in the world? Yeah, Especially when Sabitzer, as we talked about whenever he joins United, this is a man who started as a striker, Yeah, moved the whole way down, and he's now a box-to-box midfielder. Yeah. And he's playing in front of the back four at Manchester United now in recent games. And every time he's been called upon so far, he's delivered. How important could he be, especially with the absence of Christian Eriksson, how important could Subetzer be for United until the end of the season? I think his contribution will be ma- massive.
2: As you said, There, are, he's not an out-and-out central defensive mid like Casemiro is. So he's coming to a new club, a new environment, and been shoved into, an, well, not an unfamiliar position, but not his strongest position. And he's come in and he's done really, really well for United at a time that needed that. Because missing Casemiro, as we've seen, United with and with Casemiro sometimes are night and day. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair enough to say like even the other like for 80 minutes Leeds when United were very close Leeds might have been slightly the better team but as you as usually alluded to good teams find the will to win like that really, football's an 90 minutes game not an 80 minute game mm-hmm. and I think Sabitzer was crucial to helping United gain that wee bit of a foothold back and control those last 10 minutes because it's very easy when you score a goal in the 80th minute to go job done we'll sit back and invite pressure onto us but United kept on the front foot got that second and killed the game which has been which I criticised him a lot this season for not killing the game um, but i bring it back to Sabitzer I think it was fantastic he controlled it really well look at Leeds I know Jesse March is away in there a bit of turmoil but they've actually put in two solid performances back to back against United Yeah, like they'll be disappointed to have not to have, come away only a point from Old Trafford given the way the game went look if, the, if you had told them beforehand you get a draw here they'll bite your arm off it mm-hmm. but the way the game went they'd be really disappointed and they will be disappointed again uh, for not winning that game well not, not necessarily winning it, but not getting a point out of mm-hmm. that game because I feel their performance deserved a point I think Nanto is unreal I love watching him I lo- I was, was, every time we talk about young players who don't have fear to drive at players mm-hmm. Nanto's like that but Leeds are missing that killer instinct up front to have... Like wealth of creative, tricky winger wingers like Nanto, uh, Sinister, Somerville, mm-hmm. but they're like Patrick Bamford's not your man. No, Leeds needed a striker. Will they stay up in the Premier League to afford a striker?
1: Well, they've bought Reuter for forty million, yes. and he's coming off the bench every now and again. Um, but it looks like he'll start the next game with Bamford coming off quite early mm-hmm. against United, so he could maybe. Don't know? I know, I, from what I've seen of him, he hasn't impressed me. Mm. Not even like
2: I like I know in new surroundings and not not everybody's going to come and hit the ground running. But even involved in the play, he hasn't impressed me. There hasn't been he hasn't accru- like no way you have victor and missing chances. Mm-hmm. Ruder hasn't been in the position to miss those chances yet, which yeah. concerns me a wee bit as a striker. Look at Leeds. It depends who they get in. I they're a talented squad. I think they have enough talent to avoid the drop, but it remains to be seen. And they're going to be disappointed these last two performances they only come away with a point just because what they put into it they realistically could be sitting four four points better off at the minute just from games against United but they're not because United showed great character during the week to come back from 2-0 down and show great um, composure and professionalism to see the game out when they got
1: those two late goals at the weekend Uh, So we've seen two different games really when Man United played Leeds this week and Tin Hag made a couple of different decisions in his game at Old Trafford. Obviously, they were needing two goals. Um, but they were still needing a goal at Ellen Road. And he made another couple of different tactical decisions. So, obviously, at Old Trafford, we seeing uh the more dynamic players come on. We've seen Sancho come on. We've seen Pellistri come on. And they changed the game, Connor, Because we've seen Marcus Rashford go up front as well. Um, with Wyckhorst coming off. Um, so, look. Ellen Road... Another couple of different changes. However, we've seen Wout Weghorst come back and play as a number ten. Which, when he signed for Manchester United, nobody's ever going to think the six foot seven striker is going to be playing <laughs> in Bruno Fernandez's Um But it seemed to work out. He came a few good passes and a crucial assist to Gennaro's goal. How important is it that Arcton? Like we would never have thought about this, but Arcton Hag knows his players. And how much is this impressing you, considering the managers we've had in the past, Connor?
0: I think me and you are going to have different opinions on this, Warren. To be honest, because mm-hmm. um, we, we we did have a sort of slight conversation a couple of nights ago about this. Yeah. Um, I think it's all right to do that against a side like Leeds, who aren't very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but Voodoo is a striker primarily, um, and yeah, I'm, I've not been impressed thus far to be mm-hmm. completely honest. Um, I thought his his first couple of games, I thought he did all right. I thought his hold-up play was um, quite good. I thought he brought other people into the game quite well, but uh, these past few weeks, I've been really, really disappointed with him, to be honest, um, simply because his one job is to be a target man and he doesn't seem to be able to keep a ball um, under control. Um, more times, the ball's been... You know, lumped up to him, and he it's it's come off him and gone maybe five yards away from him, or his first touch has just been horrible. Um, I've seen him play a couple of passes where they've been either behind a man or too far in front of a man. I th- thought his assist the other day was uh, very very good, nice lovely weight of pass, and and perfectly in- into the the stride of Garnacho. But to be honest, Warren, um, I've 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 not really been impressed with that thus far, and I actually think we do play better with him not in the team. To be mm. completely honest, I think we're more fluid. Um, I'd like to get your take on that.
1: I love him. I think he's class. Don't get me wrong. I've I've seen the stats of the goals we've scored with Whitehorse and the goals we've scored without Whitehorse. But I just think he offers something different. I think United aren't playing to his strengths. There's not one cross ball in whenever he's on the pitch. Doesn't make sense. As soon as he goes off, they start whipping balls in <laughs> left, right and centre. Rashford darting it into the top corner and all. Um, I I just do think he offers that that difference, especially to Martial. Um, I think he's. You're going to disagree with me. I think he's twice the player Martial is. No. Um, <laughs> I do. No. Um, well, he he
0: he has to be because
1: Martial can't stay fit.
0: Can't stay fit, but Martial's a much talented footballer than. I'm not saying he's Pretty not horse. Uh, like. I'm
1: I'm not saying he's. Uh, not more talented he's 100% more talented he's probably one of the most technically gifted footballers in, wor- in the world to tell you the truth but if you can't stay fit like, what's the point in being there? Weghorst is showing up every day and he's he's obviously putting in the hard yards and training and Ten Hag's
0: not just picking him
1: for no reason because with Sancho back in the team we have got attacking options now
0: but he is the only number 9 really available Look, like- there's players you can play
1: there We've seen Rossford go into there in the last two games, and he scored two goals. Yeah, like it, it's it's not as if he couldn't switch it around if he didn't want to. He he's he's a tactical manager. He's able to play different formations and stuff. I just think United need to play more to the strengths. Like whenever we signed Whitehurst, you were buzzing. Oh, was
0: a hundred percent absolutely buzzing. And, uh, like, don't get me wrong. I said there is still plenty of time for him to get this yeah right. But I just th- thus far. I just haven't been that impressed with him, to be honest. I mm-hmm. thought he was going to bring us a different dynamic, but I'm not seeing a different dynamic at the minute. But were you thinking
1: a fella who was on loan from Burnley at Besiktas was going to come in and score 15 goals?
0: No, God, no. Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. No, I, I actually didn't really expect him to score goals as such. Yeah. You know, I, I would have said from, from he signed in January till he was leaving us in June, I, I thought he would have got in and around seven goals. Yeah. So, so Somewhere in around that region. The, the reason I was excited to get him was because I thought whenever he was on the pitch, our wingers were going to explode and start mm. scoring goals upon goals upon goals upon goals. But it's not happened thus far. We're actually better when he's not on the pitch. Mm. And then our wingers come to life more. I understand what you're saying. I completely agree with you. It does seem whenever Vecchors <laughs> comes off the pitch, we, our full start pressing high and start mm-hmm. putting balls into the box. Um, it's a good thing Rashford's a good header of the ball as well. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I just uh, per- personally, personally, just thus far, I just haven't been impressed with Vaghorst, and I haven't been impressed with his his hold up play at all. To be yeah, honest,
2: completely fair. Well, just looking, obviously, I have no horse, the um, no horse in the race I here.
0: You've no Vaghorst <laughs> in the race here,
2: looking at the stats here. He's played in five Premier League games. He's yet to score in the Premier League. He's only had two shots in that time. He only he only has a pass accuracy of seventy six percent. He's been dispossessed eight times. So the stats will be pointing towards he's been pretty poor to be honest with you. Look, I know Warren's saying like, oh, he seems to go off. They seem to be weapon balls in the box, but that also probably has something to do with team the way team set up because they are setting up when he's in the box to prevent the cross coming in, mm-hmm. and when he's gone, they're not as concerned about because they know it have to be a perfect ball. Even though Marcus Rashford is a great header of the ball, mm-hmm. he's still not going to jump a six foot five centre back or something. Yeah. So I think that probably has something to do with the setup as well. Look at. I was a bit sceptical when he came in. I said that on the transfer episodes when he was rumoured that I didn't think he was the striker who was going to really help United. Look, he still has time, but in my opinion, he's been poor since he's been signed.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. So, moving on from Manchester United, uh, we move on to the Mersey, say, derby. Uh, we're joined with Dorman now. Um, Dorman, welcome. Sorry, lads. um lads. So, two, two, our 2-0 result for Liverpool. Um Look, Liverpool needed the result. Um, in their own backyard, they needed a result. doesn't matter where Everton are, it's always a big game when it's Merseyside emergency mm-hmm. derby. Um, especially off the back of, of a good performance against Arsenal and a
0: good win against Arsenal. Were you expecting a bit more from Everton last night, Conor? Um, yeah, I did, to be honest. Um, I, I, I'd say I'd... Uh, all During the week, um, and I, when I did team talk with Connell there the other day, I, I did say that I thought if this were if there was ever a chance Everton could go downfield and get a win, I thought this was going to be it. To mm-hmm. be honest, um, the first goal interesting thing about that was Tarkovsky hits the post, and then 13 seconds later, yeah. the ball ends up in in the Everton net. That's not good enough, no, no, that's shambolic, mm-hmm. to be completely mm-hmm. honest. That's that's the sign of a relegation side. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that though I thought Liverpool actually played really really well it's the it's sort of the first performance that's got their crowd going um and in, in a long time this season uh, so all you know credit to them they were uh, they were definitely a good side um good value for the win um but yeah look, I did expect more from Everton to be, to be completely honest like we praised their midfield so heavily mm-hmm. um last weekend and and their their midfield really deserved it but this time around uh, their midfield was completely lacklustre yeah when you get overrun by a Fabinho who's passed it mm-hmm. a Jordan Anderson who's passed it doesn't make for great reading does it and I, I'm sure Sean Dyche would not have been happy coming no. coming back to, to Goodison last night no I totally
1: agree um, look Everton had some chances as well seeing Tom Davies with a massive massive chance to make a 2-1 with a, an open header an open net mm-hmm. near enough Um And it's same kind of chances that a team like Everton need to take at this stage of the season. It doesn't matter which opposition it's against. You need to be taking them chances. But we've seen a a bit of a different dynamic yesterday. We know Sean Dyches' style of football. We've seen it for years and years at Burnley. He loves a big target man and he loves to lump that ball up to the target man. Calvert-Lewin played well against Arsenal. Caused the defence problems. And obviously he's... He was out yesterday, wasn't involved in the squad at all and we seen a start, a rare start for Ellis Sims who was recalled on loan from, was it Sunderland? Sunderland, Sunderland yeah. yeah. Um, didn't make the impact probably expected of him by the manager but like none of the fans would have been expecting Ellis Sims to come in and score two or three goals against Liverpool. Um, but what is it, Dorman, was that show for you in terms of squad depth at Everton? They kind of... They didn't really replace Richardson. Not that no. Richardson's been any good at the Spurs. To tell you where he really goes, but they didn't replace him. He was their talisman for years. So, what's going
3: wrong? Who do they need to sign? Um, well, it's too late now. To be fair, but they did need a striker, Calvin Lewin. Yeah, can't stay fit, and uh, Mopé obviously uh, can't even make the team either. He was on the bench last night, so it is worrying for Everton. I thought last night as well. The uh, the first goal was just dreadful. Uh, defensively, they just made an error from the corner. Obviously, they nearly score. And then Coleman gets caught out because he tries to get in there. On, I think it was Nunes that get countered. And it was like a 5-on-1. Mm. And then Pickford obviously makes the error. But uh, I thought Everton were really, really poor. I thought, as um was saying, I thought they were going to get a, at least a point at Anfield mm. because Liverpool aren't playing well. They They played so well against Arsenal, but the intensity just wasn't there. And they got completely overrun in midfield, which is crazy to think play in Liverpool who have a very average midfield but um, Everton do need somebody to come in like Calvert-Lewin needs to stay fit I've heard you hear it even on Sky Sports last night after the game Calvert-Lewin needs to stay fit yeah. if he plays every game to the end of the season I think they'll stay up yeah. but will he because he just seems to come in and then he's injured and then he's out because that guy Sims was put in a poor position as well like he's come in in a big game and hasn't really got the service he required mm-hmm. um, but yeah Mopé as well I He's just so down, far down the packing order. They brought this lad on back from Sunderland and he's straight in the team over him. Yeah. So it just shows how lower down he is. So yeah, they need, they're going to need a striker in the summer or whatever, but it's, it's too late for that now. So Calvert-Lewin needs to stay fit. And if he stays fit and starts scoring goals, I think he will stay in the division. No, I totally agree. Look,
1: Everton, and we've seen it over the past couple of years, Everton are a much, much better side with Calvert-Lewin in the team than they are without. Um, Owen, look, Cody Gakpo, he got his first goal um, We all know he's a great player We've seen him in the World Cup We've seen his numbers for uh, PSV this season already And last season He was titled to go to some of the biggest clubs in the world He was heavily linked with Manchester United But he ultimately made the move to Liverpool Do you think he'll kick on now? Yeah,
2: I think so I think he needed that first goal He needed to get one in the bank To get motor. in Now, look, he hasn't lived up to the heights Coming into Liverpool once again, new city, new country, new everything, not and a pretty poor situation what that club's in at the minute. So this could be big for Gakpo to get off that get off the ground and in the Derby as well would be really big for him. I was actually and he didn't score. Players really impressed with Darwin Nunes last night. I thought his energy.
0: Darwin.
2: Oh, <laughs> I just seen. I just seen Richie with the cady, and Orzai's his eyes a bit off. I think was He was really good playing on the left wing. Like uh, I know. I know. We he had a five on one. We could have picked any of the targets. But it was actually quite a good ball to to Salah, and God knows Jordan Pickford just away for a wee down there. Like. Yes. Um, Everton. Back to reality. Really, new manager's boost gone. Like, how many times we talk about how poor Liverpool's midfield is? Like, to get overrun by that Liverpool midfield is concerning. I know Connor says if uh, you can keep Calvert Lewin fit, they'll be grand. I don't think they'll be grand. Um, even with Calvert Lewin, because sometimes he comes in and he's good, but also he does go for barn spells as well. And look at Alice Sims, he's good at Sunderland, he's alright at Hearts, not a Premier League striker. Neil Moppe is shade. Mm-hmm. all Moppy could do is run around and try and piss other teams off Yeah, he's like a B-Tech Diego Costa yeah. he's Diego Costa with none of the good stuff he is shit, and he's not
1: click to score goals keep you in the Premier League like. for play, not for off again there's no so look as we've touched on with some of the other games VAR was in the headlines and it was once again in the headlines last night there was a a brawl, so to speak, was handbags thrown at the end of the game um, in the Merseyside Derby, and we seen Conor Cody take Andy Robertson by the neck not necessarily by the throat, but he, he gripped him around the neck um, nothing was done, no card, no VAR we're, we're, it was a different story last week when there was a bit of a falling out between uh, Man United and Palace. Palace, oh my god, my mind went absolutely blank there <laughs> Yes, with Will Hughes and Casemiro, who obviously got the red
0: card after a VAR discussion Richie, does that frustrate you? Oh yeah, big time frustrates me for two reasons um, Again, we talk about consistency with VAR There's, there's no consistency there uh, What was the quote last week from all the pundits? Uh, Once you place your hands on an opponent's neck you open yourself up to being sent off Yeah well, 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 Why'd that not happen last night? You know, at least then I could stomach the Casemiro one a wee bit better because, well, do you know what, maybe that's a new precedence they're trying to set. But it's obviously not because yeah. now some players can put their hands around people's necks and other players can't. And some players can put their hands below somebody's neck and it can be uh, it's perceived as a choke mm-hmm. and get sent off for it. So... Really, really annoyed me. Second reason it annoyed me was I wish Cody just had a rattled Robertson, to be honest. Um, that would have made me much happier because he's one hateful fucker. Um, <laughs> I like Andy Robertson. I uh, because he uh, he's Saturday. Saturday, maybe <laughs> <laughs> hateful, hateful. Um, yeah, just again, you know, like we we're talking about consistency and maybe referees trying to set new precedences with VAR, but it's not working at the minute. And, no. and there, there's, your, there's your prime example last night. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, right, let's move on from
1: Merseyside thankfully, um, and move on to Leicester City versus Tottenham Hotspur, a rampant display from Leicester City, a 4-1 win over Spurs, Spurs were leading as well, and two quick goals, pushed the momentum into Leicester's favour, Dorman, is this a different Leicester side since the end of the January transfer window?
3: Yeah, definitely, I think Brandon Rodgers was alluding to this, he needed players in, and he's got players in, and now they're like a total different side, I even said after the game, I think he said, we can play with more bravery and intensity. And you can see that. Um, their new signings, Christensen, Suter and Tete have just come into the side and all played superbly. Yeah. Um, Ian Atchell's like a new signing. I don't know what's happened to him. He's like two goals and three assists mm-hmm. in his last two. Um, Spurs were brutal, to be fair to them. But you have to give Leicester credit. They were looking in trouble. Now they've got back-to-back wins. And they went down early. Bettencourt scored a goal. And a lot of sides maybe just would have dipped there, maybe previously before the signings maybe Leicester would have just given up but Mm. they just kept fighting and um, they look more solid in defence now they look better going forward Um, Madison's a huge addition as well he's like a new signing because he his stats this season are incredible to be fair Um, and he scored and got an assist yesterday or Saturday as well so with Leicester now they're looking good but Spurs were shocking and the new signing Poro was brutal to be fair it's only his first game he Mm -hmm. needs to get used to the system they've lost Benton Kerr now for 6-7 6-7 to seven months his mm-hmm. SEL he's done for the season which is going to be a huge miss Kane was quiet but for Leicester that's, that's a massive 3 points and they're looking good
1: yeah no absolutely and I'm glad you brought up Pedro Poro because I was listening back to last week's episode and the way I was talking about Pedro Poro I made it out as if he made his debut but that's not what I meant I made myself look a fucking dick to tell you the <laughs> truth I meant to say like the new competition yeah. brings out the best in players and that's why I was talking about Emerson Royale but when I listened back, I was it sounded as if it was saying he played on Real City. Well, sure he only fucking made it. He w. done nothing wrong against City and finished No, he, he made no mistakes against City to be fair. Um, but look, not a great start for him, Connor. Um, you would be our token Spurs fan if there was a token Spurs fan <laughs> in this room because your family are big Spurs fans. So you would follow them more than us. So you know more of the ins and outs, especially because of your brother. Um, and we were talking about this the other day. Uh, and Connor's alluded to it as well Rodrigo Bendecur he's been brilliant for or for Spurs this year um, and now he's out for the rest of the season six or seven months he's out with an SEL injury how massive and how big an impact will that have on the rest of Spurs season
0: well by your by your logic there I would also be a token Man City sympathiser <laughs> too because of the other half of my family um, so please don't associate me with that <laughs> you're the
1: one every week oh if I say Spurs i going to lose <laughs> Oh, Spurs are playing Prime Barcelona.
0: I have to say Spurs are going to win. That's alright. I can, I can go against Man City because realistically, my, my, my side of the family aren't going to be like, oh, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> if we go against Spurs, my side of the family are going to be like, you're bollocks. I, I bring you home with the weekend. they go to open the doors, they'll be locked. <laughs> um, look, yeah, missing Benton Kerr is massive. Look, we've all seen it this season. He's he Spurs' best midfielder by a country mile. Um, he, he controls the tempo. He's also the only Spurs player, although not a natural creator, he is Spurs' only player that has the ability to break lanes. Um, the, the other guys in midfield just can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so missing him for the rest of the season puts a serious damper in their top four hopes. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to really, really struggle to get top four now. No matter how well Kean's playing, he can't drag the shite around him yeah. into the top four. I do feel for Pedro Porro, and listen, Porro's... Bad performance and the the other wing backs bad performance does not come down to to them being bad. Genuinely, I'm not saying this just to stick up for them. I'm, I'm being serious here. Mm-hmm. Madison just dragged them here, there, and everywhere. It's difficult when when there is a, a an absolutely stunning player in Madison playing mm-hmm. for the opposition team because you don't know whether to press up, you don't know whether to sit deep. It's hard to counteract a player who just pops up in space like that. Yeah. Madison really, really does remind me of De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. Not in the same, Like, don't get me wrong, they're not the same player and uh, they're obviously not the same quality level, but just the wee things that he does. De Bruyne was always really good at just popping up in wee spots and you were kind of like, well, how did he get there? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Madison. If you just if you just watch Madison, don't, don't watch where the ball is, just watch what Madison does. He is constantly scanning, checking around mm. him, looking to see where bodies are, and then he just goes and drifts into a space where nobody's marking. So as a fullback, especially a, a wingback, That is a nightmare, Mm. an absolute nightmare, because you can't carry out your role properly. Mm -hmm. You're always having to check your shoulder to see where the number 10 is, and I don't think there's anyone better in the Premier League at that at the minute than James Madison. So all credit goes to him, to be completely honest. He is a phenomenal player, Mm -hmm. and he will get his move in the summer. He walks into every Premier League side at the minute. He really, really oh. does. In that number 10 position, there's not many better than him. The only one I think that runs him close at the minute is Odegaard. Mm. G- genuinely. I, he is absolutely phenomenal. And if if Leicester are going to stay up this season, he, he's, he is the key. Interesting, interesting. A big call. But look, there's evidence to back it
1: up. Um. Owen, oh last week you had Leicester to go down. Um and you were looking for them to go down because of your personal grievances to Brendan Rogers. Um but as Yo. the boys have talked about, um <laughs> Leicester's new signing, the Argentinian cam, James Madison, has been playing unbelievable <laughs> for them um, since the World Cup um and on season really. How important will him being fit be for Leicester's remainder of the season? It, massive look.
2: Obviously, I do have my personal grievances with Rogers, but I do did at the time generally think Lester weren't big, big trouble yeah. because Madison was. You didn't know if he was fit or not, ready to go, and they just looked generally poor. Now, over the last two weeks, Lester and Brandon Rogers made me look like a dick. Fair enough, fair play to them. I'm sure that was what, like, on their <laughs> board of motivation. Jordan <laughs> says we're Hope <laughs> so you're enjoying the Paul Brandon. Man. Fair play to you, Brandon. <laughs> Still hate you. Um, look at Madison would be massive for Lester. And they ha two results like two wins is massive in a relegation scrap because it kinda of changes the whole complexion of the thing. Because it's all so congested down that bottom end of the table. Like all of a sudden I don't know where Leicester are 13th. Mm-hmm. Where the hell did that come from?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it just shows how massive getting results, especially back to back weeks, lifts the whole mood around mm-hmm. the club, lifts everybody. Players who weren't playing well all of a sudden start to play well because that wee bit of pressure's off them now. I thought them were really poor yesterday. I felt like nearly all of Leicester's goals were carbon uh, copy each other. Where they come up the wing, lose the ball, Leicester kicked the ball up, and all of a sudden Tottenham have no defenders. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Le- and Leicester, one thing that's not really going to get said, but to give Leicester great credit for, is their finishing was fantastic. Because Fraser Forster, I know Fraser Forster well. He's a big goalkeeper, great shot stopper. But the one thing, decent about- lad hmm? decent lad decent lad <laughs> Good fellow, Fraser <laughs> Forster. <laughs> I mean, no, Fra- well. I mean, Fra- <laughs> <laughs> me and Fraser go well, way back way back but the thing about the big goalkeeper and mm-hmm. the one thing big goalkeepers struggle to do is to get down low get down low and yeah.
1: Leicester knew that so roll the ball in the corner give Fraser no chance happy days yeah no absolutely and I love the the word scrap that you used there um, and that will bring us nicely on to West Ham and Chelsea where uh, West Ham fan knocked the fuck out but <laughs> <What's he not? laughs> Chelsea fans sparked them fucking clean out Um wasn't the exact same impact on the pitch, a 1 1 draw. Um, oh but look, we've seen some of Chelsea's new signings. We've seen a lovely goal from Jay Felix. But again, Richie, VAR, involved again. Thomas Suchek, um, making one of the greatest saves of the Premier League era. Um,
0: VAR coming in clutch for, for the Metropolitan Place this weekend. <laughs> being able to pick out that Specky West Ham. <laughs> a cracking rate
1: oh, of course honestly oh, we, of that. No, <laughs> or, yeah. we don't condone that type of thing but for play don't yeah of course Like made us on the bottom beds extra for a, for an in-depth analysis of, of that scrap I thought
0: the Jake Paul fight was next weekend <laughs> <laughs> you, give
1: what you, you give you have to be prepared to get absolutely you got knocked the fuck out
0: <laughs> and yeah I suppose Chelsea probably got one back on, on West Ham on the pitch then um, they were definitely the better side throughout the game to be completely mm-hmm. honest I think West Ham were very lucky to escape with a draw here. I think um, that that's a positive performance for Potter. Um, I think he can really, really look at that. You can see already, like um, Enzo Fernandez has come in and, and settled into the role right away. Yeah, he's a good player. He's really made some of us eat our words, yeah. you know. Um, I didn't think he was a, a, a line breaking ability player. Well, he's, he's sort of shown me up these last couple of weeks um, big time. Uh, again, he he has looked very, very nice as well. I actually thought Matowecki played quite well too. Yeah, good. Uh Mudric was okay. Mm-hmm. But the the focal point in Felix is, is what Chelsea have been lacking. Yeah. You know, I, I know we keep saying they're they've been lacking a creator. I do stand by that as well, but really even when the chances were coming into the box, they didn't have anybody that was able to get on the end of it and put the ball in the back of the net. Chelsea had the net and Chelsea had the ball in the back of the net three times in the first 20 minutes against mm-hmm. West Ham. Mm-hmm. Granted, two of them shocked off for offside, rightly so. But Felix would have had two in, in 20 minutes. He just... And again, Felix is not the natural goal scorer I predicted mm-hmm. there, or that I saw Chelsea as needing because I didn't think Felix was a natural goal scorer. Yeah. Jesus, the two goals he did score. Mm-hmm. What, well, granted, one of them jogged offside, but the two goals he did score were proper strikers' finishes, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. proper poacher in the box. It's not the type of player I thought Felix was, mm-hmm. um, so maybe I've completely misprofiled him. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting, but again, we're, we're we're looking at a controversial VAR decision towards the end. Now, I know a lot of Chelsea fans would say it's controversial, and again, I know it sounds like I I go against Chelsea every week, but I do. Not think it was a handball, to be completely honest. Where else was the lad meant to put his I hand? Agree. He's bracing himself. The ball gets struck at him at a very high speed. There's not much he can do with his hand other than you know try and get himself set while he's sliding. I can understand the frustration from Chelsea fans, but the problem is I don't think it's ne- I don't think this one is necessarily a problem with VAR as it is. Maybe the handball rule needs yeah. a bit yeah. more of a cleaning up as such, just so that we know, okay, well, that's definitely a handball, that's not a handball. In my opinion, that's not a handball. Mm-hmm. That guy is bracing himself as he's sliding. It, there's nothing Sucic can do in, in that in that position, but positive signs for Chelsea, and I think David Moyes will be counting himself lucky that they got a point out of that game, to be honest.
2: Mm-hmm. I, c- I can understand where you're coming from, Connor, because I know the rule is that if you are sliding your hand trails, it's like you're bracing yourself. It's not an unnatural position, mm-hmm. and it's one of these decisions that match early on with the offside like that's clear and obvious like it's either yes or no from the offside mm-hmm. but handballs open the interpretation the only thing I'd say for it that I don't know, maybe I'm overanalyzing it or something but like Suchek like turns his palm towards the ball mm. if you actually look like if it's like if it's orange down I'd just go straight but there is that wee bit of movement towards uh-huh. the ball like his hands bracing for the impact mm-hmm. of the ball now maybe that's just me overanalyzing it but in my opinion if that happened against Celtic I'm sure if that happened against United, you would be screaming for it. And I can understand the fris- frustration from Chelsea fans. I know what the rules are. I know they're open to interpretation. In my opinion... You calling me best, not- lad? <laughs> 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 I'm calling everybody best. To see everybody in the world is best. Their own but in my opinion,
1: it should have been a penalty. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair. Um, I'd be more inclined to agree with Richie, to tell you the truth. Um Look, he has to put his arm somewhere, and I, I I, do understand what you're saying, that he moved his arm, but I think if he didn't move his arm out a wee bit, his elbows broke, like, <laughs> <to> <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> But, look, Dormant we've talked about Chelsea a wee bit, um, and interestingly, Richie said there's positive to say, which there is, but yeah. do you
3: not still think that that's two points lost? Yeah, I thought they were the better side, especially the first 20, 25 minutes, we were superb. It's third consecutive draw now, so I think their hopes of even getting Europa League football are gone, to be fair, but there is positive signs. Felix looked good. Um, your boy Enzo Fernandez in midfield was very good. Um, as Richie said, like even going forward, he's just positive. He plays mm. the right passes. His pass to Felix for the goal was superb. They were unlucky. They got a few goals disallowed. So did West Ham. So did West Ham. Well, the right, Declan right Rice right one, yeah. the yeah, they did, yeah. to be fair. Did. Yeah. I think right, Chelsea would right, be so. more disappointed in the dip in the second half. I thought they did dip. I thought they started so well, especially Felix. I think the second half, he just got a bit tired. Yeah. Maybe that's just getting used to Premier League football, the intensity of it. Um, but for Chelsea, I think it is just going to be about next season, really. I think the yeah. season is over. It's just about probably playing more positive football, scoring more goals. They are getting a bit unlucky. Maybe the penalty on another day would have been given um, and they would have won the game. But. It is two points dropped, but Mm. I think there is positives to take. And I think maybe next season is going to be the season.
1: I agree. I
2: agree. Everything Um, about
3: Chelsea this year
2: is average. They're literally the definition of average. They're 10th on the table. On average, they concede one goal a game. On average, they score one goal a game. (laughs) They've they've (laughs) lost seven. They've lost seven, drawn seven and won eight. It's pretty close. So literally everything about them (laughs) is average as you can be. Look, I think Potter's under pressure still. Look, it, it's at the end of the day that's only the, that's only a point. They've won one game out of the last five. They've drawn three in a row. only scoring once in those games. Mm-hmm. So as we said, football is a results business, and I think Bowley
1: is ready to pull the trigger. Mm. Yeah. The only thing I will say in terms of Chelsea and Liverpool, like especially with that Liverpool result last night, on Sky Sports straight away after it, they were talking about Liverpool being potential Champions League contenders again, uh, like getting into the Champions League places. Which is ludicrous.
3: Well, the game at the weekend though is going to be massive, look, isn't it? The it, Newcastle game. Yeah, look, it's
1: going to be it, huge. It is ludicrous in terms of this shouldn't be there; they don't deserve it. But we've seen how easy it is for teams to drop points up at the top. And yeah. look, there, there's still a lot of games to go. It, it's not out of the realms of possibility for Chelsea and uh, Liverpool to creep back up into European places. I'm not saying Champions League places necessarily, but I would be surprised if. At least one of them wasn't in Europe next year.
2: Out of the two of them, I feel Liverpool that's more Liverpool. likely to be Liverpool. Yeah, just yeah, just yeah, looking yeah. at the table, no, I Liverpool, agree. and it was only one point between them, but Liverpool have a game in hand. If Liverpool win their game in hand and beat Newcastle, all of a sudden Liverpool is only like two, uh, four points behind Newcastle. Yeah, something like that. We've seen what Newcastle have been like at the minute. they live for a draw. They're throwing points behind them. Even this week, Tottenham, Brighton, all drop points. Fulham dropped points. Or sorry, no Fulham beat Forest, didn't they? But Brentford dropped points. All those teams above Liverpool were dropping points this weekend.
1: And with that, let's move on to Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> good transition there, McYardle. So go on. Talk about it, my friend. 1-1. Very quickly. Give us your brief overview of that match.
2: Newcastle were pretty poor. Um, good result for Bournemouth. Still probably going to go down and furnish the Bournemouth. Um, needed a point. Got a point. Newcastle... Still lacking finishing and like their goal came from a good save from Nato and it was a rebound for Almiron. It was the only bit of fluid football that played the entire game. It was a great finish from Almiron. Oh, it was, was a fantastic, fantastic finish. Absolutely superb but finish. But the the build up play before that to get was it Longstaff took the shot mm. before that? Um was the best bit of fluid football Newcastle played all day. Oh, the cut of
1: even was it? Willick?
2: No, I think I think what it was, was Longstaff. Long long yeah. Um even like Newcastle had a couple of half chances. There was one where Nato spilled the ball. Oh. Natalie made a couple of good saves. There, uh, one time Pope played a ball out to Borm, he needed an absolute hemes of it, and Bournemouth made it and uh, took Trippier clearing off the line because for some reason Solanke decided yeah. to do a backhand flick instead yeah. of just putting the ball in that. And all of a sudden, up, that would have been a two-one. That would have been Bournemouth two-one up, and yeah. it would have been a massive result for Bournemouth. So, look at in our mid-season review, I predicted Newcastle to get top four. I'm starting to waver from that mm. because they just keep dropping points. Like I think they've only won one out of the last five. Mm-hmm. If you go on like, if you go on to like their form guide and like one football, it's just all great mm-hmm. from draws. Like, and, but when they don't have Isaac, they do really miss an attacking output mm-hmm. and goal score. Look, we know how defensively solid they are, but they, as time goes on, we are starting to see that they
1: are missing that attacking output to qualify for the Champions League. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Richie, Southampton versus Wolves. It was a two-one win for Wolves, and again. VAR controversy talk me through it but
0: well I was annoyed my fantasy pick of the week missed an open net and if he had done that I would have been six from seven so fuck you Sir (laughs) Robbie hope you're enjoying the pod hope you're enjoying the pod I haven't been too keen today (laughs) um Look, uh, it was one of those games where, you know, Southampton come out of the blocks really, really early and, and played some good football, some football that we actually hadn't really seen from Southampton this mm-hmm. season. Especially um, new and Sulemana. Looks a really, really good player, yeah. actually. Uh, very direct, not afraid to take mm-hmm. a man on. Um, but then, yeah, once it, it was really strange. You know, once Wolves went down to 10 men, they started to play the better football, um, yeah. which is a weird uh, sort shouldn't of a, happen. Shouldn't, shouldn't happen shouldn't happen really you know if you're the, especially when you're the home side you shouldn't let the away team come bully. with 10 men and start to bully you yeah. um, just on the red card though as Ruben Neves said after the game Lomita was the third man in um, on the referee but didn't open his mouth and received a red card this is another one of these things where this needs to be cleared up we yeah. we need to know what the rules are so is this just if you're the third man now are you automatically going to be the one who gets a
2: booking? because it just seemed to have come in this weekend. There was no talk about it, no, or it The same thing happened in
0: the City game where Diaz got booked, booked yeah. on a free for City because he was the third man that approached the referee. Yeah. So is this just now, th- are we just picking out the third man now and you know, dis- dishing out yellow cards for approaching referees? I, I don't know, to be honest. Not a never a red card for me. No. Um, to be honest, and as Ruben Neves said, like you know, the, the fella never even opened his mouth. No. So so yeah. why why is he the one being punished? Like there?
2: I can understand a referee booking somebody if they're saying something to them or yeah. being abusive or yeah. whatever, but if it's just a third man to approach a referee, I think that's I think that's a little shaky like You know, like, he
0: doesn't but, sprint at him. No. He doesn't come up no. great... Aggr- There's no aggressive uh, body language
2: like, there. Uh, I'm all for protecting referees, and look at s- players surround referees has become a bit of a, an issue. Like sometimes you see a, ref- a referee doesn't give a penalty and he's probably right to give it sometimes and about 19 players all of a sudden just spawn around them. Yeah. But if like if you're just a third man to approach a referee, you should be able to question the decision. You have to understand like players should understand why um, the decisions gone against them, what went wrong. Like, like obviously some if you wipe a man out, you don't need to ask questions. But like, you know yeah. what I mean? Because some controversial decisions and contentious decisions, the players deserve clarity. And in a lot of sports. They don't get clarity. The only sport where I think the clarity is given is in rugby, Yeah. where even if it is something like in rugby, where the captain can approach the referee and question the decision and receive clarity and why it was given. But if you're just a third man to become within a certain radius, so the, the referee, why should you be given the yellow card? And unfortunately, Filomeno was the second one he had spent. He was sent off yep. and had to go for an early bath. And thankfully for Wolves, um, they put in a great performance and got a big result. Because if that. At the bottom of the table, if losing them on the like that means you drop points at St. Mary's, and that's the difference between going up or staying up and going down. Yeah, that could be massive. Like,
0: well, it is, and it was good to see. You know, their their summer signing, the youngster Jai Gomez, come on and score a lovely goal. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, but you know, I wish he had a squirted it to Sarabia, so you know, Sarabia <laughs> could have got the
3: goal. Did you see like Jones was comp- like saying, "Oh, it was actually a bad thing that the Wolves player got sent off." Mm. Like that's how bad yeah. Southampton are. Like he's like, "Oh, it was like a hindrance." We were playing so well before that. He wanted to sack. Well, don't well, worry about that anymore. Southampton
0: yeah. packed him and added him to quick sale, and <laughs> away goes Nathan yeah, Jones. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay, so Dorman, moving on. I'm going to let you talk about the last two games very, very quickly. Well, I'm going to let you talk about um, Fulham and Nottingham and Forest. A 2 0 win for Fulham. Forest, who were on a good run, um, but Fulham
3: just on a better run. Yeah, Fulham's just playing so well. Even when Mitrovic isn't scoring, they're still. Winning games, the um, Williams goal was unbelievable. Unbelievable, unbelievable but so good. And he had the post two. It looked William so much better because I think it was who's on the line. Somebody's on the line. It just yeah. looks so
1: much it sweeter. Just, it still went above yeah. them. They jumped as as they yeah. could still went
0: above yeah. them. William really has rolled back the he's years. He's played really so well this season. season. Yeah, he's William played was, really, really really well. He's like 35, 34, 30, 34 yeah. yeah, he's
3: played unbelievable.
2: Except for when he was at Arsenal, he has always been a saucy baller. Like,
3: yeah. yeah, even at Chelsea, like they give him a round of applause uh, mm. last no, week on the play So it shows how good he was for them. Um, obviously for Force as well they lost two centre-backs in the first seven minutes yeah. which is just they both pulled their hamstrings yeah same injury same play yeah that's player. crazy <laughs> so but weird. that obviously is going to be a huge hindrance on the team but for force they're playing well they're unbeaten they were unbeaten there for a while going away to Fulham you know Fulham's a good team yeah. they're playing well they've got the new signings in they made a few signings and they're looking good um, and I think Fulham I think they've like third or fourth most points since Christmas 15 points or something like that so they're playing really well and like it's crazy to say but I think they're 6th well, or 7th moved on so to 7th yeah they're playing could, could they should be getting top 8 really Yeah, they're playing that well and it's good to see it's just about keeping the consistency now isn't yeah. it really you're buying centre back as well Um, deal uh, Reim, Reim, Reim. he's yeah. been brilliant he's yeah. like 35 yeah. and that. he's been really good like I think I would have. See if we started this podcast, start of the season. I had been slagging him. I'd have been like, "Oh, he's going to be Awful. terrible. They're going to concede yeah. so many goals." Yeah. Even against Liverpool, it's kind of like, "Oh, he's not that great." Yeah. and he's been class. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think he got man of the match in the game. He was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Um, okay, last
1: game was Crystal Palace and Brighton. Last game of the game week. Um, again, <laughs> how many times have we said it was said in this podcast? VAR dominated this game again. Um,
0: Richie, talk us through. Estupenion is clearly onside. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know what more needs to be done to correct these decisions. And and you know if 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 Brighton had to come out of that game not having won it, you're looking at a serious appeal being lodged there. And, and a serious? Mean? Well, uh, well, listen, like they didn't. Yeah. And now we're looking at what's going to be a serious appeal. Mm-hmm. Because how, how, crazy. how is that allowed? As Owen said earlier, this is supposed to be the top level of football. Yeah. And we're we're, we're getting decisions like this wrong on a weekly basis. mm -hmm. And we have to come in here every week and talk about decisions that VAR have made that are completely wrong. S2 was excellent. In the game, yeah. absolutely excellent. That's the best I've seen him play this season. My pick of the week for the for the left back position in the mid season. And in the, the mid season, and to be yeah. honest, he's been very good this season. Yeah. The only problem with the left backs in the league this season is they're not putting up good numbers, mm. which is annoying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously football is sort of stop hard now. You know, mm. and players do have to have good stats. but like Estupenio has been absolutely excellent this season. he Has been a great signing. Yeah, nineteen million. Yeah. So to the people who called me out on the bottom Stick talk. <laughs> Suck a fat yeah. one <laughs> yeah.
3: See the vo there was like it seems to be the human error like that guy just didn't see the player. Like yeah. that's crazy to That's, me it's, it's who's mad. in charge of it. Is it's not actually like the VAR. it's more like who's it's it's
0: the referee in the VAR yeah, it's even like whatever. the
3: Spurs game they drew the line wrong yeah. Barnes was on side like, yeah. it's just crazy like, like what are they doing okay. Like how did that guy not how did he not see him That's it's like, a yeah,
0: guy's hand yeah. is literally like <laughs> out here but they still drew the line on Tompkins who's like, drawing these lines? <laughs> what's oh, on <laughs> lines what's going on here if you're not down with that we got two words for you yeah. Yeah. suck it Brighton <laughs> again um, good performance from them, though. I, I do have to say they they, they they do look like a really, really good side under Deserbi, and he's done an excellent job. I know we keep saying this every week, but you can't not praise him because he's doing yeah. a wonderful job at the minute. As for Palace, um, as I once said, I could say the same thing about Palace as what I once said about Chelsea. They're the definition of mid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> They're so boring. So average, so boring to watch. And um, yeah, just be a hard do you think ball? <laughs>
2: <laughs> do, do you think Brighton could possibly challenge top four?
0: With the way Newcastle's playing at the minute and now that Spurs are missing Bentoncur. Um yeah, I don't see why the only thing is though they have drawn quite a few games mm-hmm. in recent weeks, whereas there are games that they should probably be winning. Um mm-hmm. I think a good bonus for them is that Ferguson. Uh, was back mm. this weekend yeah, he he come, right. he come on so now that they have their focal point again maybe they can kick on and start winning games again but with the form that Matoma and Solly March mm. oh, he's brilliant. playing so well right. since so yeah. the new scoring. managers come in he started scoring Yeah, because yeah. he wasn't scoring under Potter he's just been a different type of player So 6-8 and eight, I think he's got or 5-7 and yeah. Seven,
2: yeah. You know, yeah, so. like that. I remember yeah. when he scored the first one It's like that's Sully March's first goal in like three years yes. or yeah. stupid yeah. like
0: that And even Casetto, you know, Casetto's been dropped to the bench and and the cases that have come in for him are doing an absolutely fantastic job. Mm -hmm. I thought... Uh, Webster at the back played very, very well. made a made a really, really great um, sort of goal saving tackle against Matata. Yeah, if he, yeah, if he hadn't very... have got anything to that, Matata was putting that ball in the back of the net. Mm, so, um, listen, it was actually a, quite a good game to watch for the neutral. But I do think Brighton need to start turning these one points into three. Like, Palace's only shot on target was because
3: the goalkeeper dropped the ball. The, ball, the goalkeeper yeah, yeah. never yeah. made a save. It was that's how boring they are. Shocking like. from Robert Sanchez. Don't
0: want to talk yeah. too much about it though because. I believe somebody might have that is there? as, <laughs> their, that was as their teddy of the week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
1: well, that moves us on nicely. Um, and I'm going to pass this back over to you, Richie,
0: because you're the man with a plan. I'm the man with a plan. So i um, going to just uh, go straight to our picks of the week, if, yeah. if that's OK, lads. Um, so, Connor, how do you yeah. first with your, your player of the week then? Um, I'm going to go with Rodri.
3: Uh, just have stats here. He had, like, the most touches in the match most successful passes most chances created he won the most aerial duels he won the most duels in the match he was not only great defensively he scored a goal mm-hmm. and he got them off to a great start I think Tony's another one he was superb throughout the game he got a goal which was offside but still but I'm going to go Rodri who was, who's actually been underrated he's like the quarterback of the team he just makes things go and he gets the ball back so quickly and like underrated he gets he's like two goals and four assists this season yep. which isn't bad for a defensive mid,
0: mm-hmm. so I'm gonna go Rodri. Roderick, back of the week. Nice, yep. nice. Uh, Owen, cream of the cream, boob of the week. Basically, fortin away here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cheers, lad. Thanks for this bro. I'm sure
2: the viewers needed that Well, no man saw this coming. <laughs> this is a shocker. Cream of the cream, boob of the week, goes to Robert Sanchez <laughs> for forgetting that when he puts two hands on the ball, he's supposed to hold it. <laughs> you know, catch it.
0: From a goalkeeper perspective, though, Owen, but like you are a goalkeeper, so what, what is it that he does wrong in that scenario? Is there any reason why he drops the ball and doesn't hold it in that particular scenario?
2: I think it just simply comes down to lack of concentration. Thinking of catching the ball, ball launched on a counter-attack, that simply just comes down because I can understand this game's not at, not at night so he doesn't have floodlights to worry about there's no real it's not raining so there's no loss of grip it's not real windy there's nothing real, there's no pressure on him there's nothing any, anything else to consider so I think it just simply comes down to that
3: concentration yeah. I just think he wasn't concentrating do you think it's like Palace offered nothing he didn't even make a save the whole game do you think yeah it's just the concentration Yeah, he just wasn't like, there in the game, game. really Look, I'd be honest. When I do go,
2: sometimes your who makes a good tackle. You're like, "Yeah, good lad." I was like, "We really want that was shot." That. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so like, that could be a bit of that creeped in that he just hadn't done anything and it just wasn't concentrating. Just mind wandered a wee bit, but it's an inexcusable error and it's cost his team two points. Yeah,
0: agreed, agreed. Uh, my fantasy pick of the week this week is Ivan Tony. I uh, just have been really impressed with Ivan Tony these recent weeks. Bit of a London derby coming up at the weekend with uh, Brentford and Crystal Palace, and I feel like. The the, the way he played against Arsenal The way he bullied Saliba I just feel like This is Tony's world And we're all just living (laughs) in it At the minute Mm -hmm. Um, So my pick of the week Is going to be um, Ivan Tony Usually works he does, and he normally gets a few goals. I'm yeah. thinking of swapping out Mitrovic for, for Tony. Yeah. Um, definitely, might even swap out Gain for Tony. You
2: know? yeah, I, I've had him out of my team for eight. I'll just keep waiting for him to get banned from Batman. <laughs> He's never getting <laughs> <back>. <laughs> I know, I know <laughs> the week I finally to go, right, Ivan, welcome back. That's going to be breaking news. <laughs> Ivan will be charged with all Batman accounts <laughs> banned for 14 years. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well, moving it all over into to your opinion. So, my opinion of the week... Is it about Liverpool again? <laughs> it's, not. it's not. It's about Manchester United. Oh, Jesus, again!
1: <laughs> and it's... I'm calling out Connor Dorman here. So, oh, okay. my opinion of the week is that Manchester United are definitely in a title race. And Dorman's shaking his head, yeah. and he said it for weeks and weeks that they're not. But I want you to
3: explain to me how they are not. I just I said it before the squad death, and they haven't got a striker I know we played well at the weekend, but an out-and-out striker who's going to score goals. I actually thought the first 70 minutes United weren't great. Till yeah. they brought on the subs, Martinez, Granacho, and Saka. But I'm sticking by that. I don't think they're title contenders.
1: No, I'm not saying they're going to win the title. But I, to say that they're not in a title race is,
3: is stupid to me, to be honest. Well, they've played the games more as well, haven't they? They're like five behind Arsenal, two games played more. Yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, they have yeah, two games more, but twenty one. Like games. we, are yeah. in all. I think as well. So we don't play Arsenal and we don't play City. Exactly. Which, but that's a catch up if you beat them. But then. they're playing each other. Yeah, they're they playing they, each other. they have to play each other, twice. I just, we have no real. I think you could massive say massive games yeah, United's doing well this season. They're up there, but I just don't see them as title contenders, to be honest.
1: But the, the only the only thing I would say is like, you were saying that, you've been saying for the past few weeks that. The league's near enough done and dusted for Arsenal. they they're Premier League champions already, yeah. and we've clearly seen in this past two weeks that it's it's far from over. Not they not can over. drop points so easily, and yeah. teams can make up points so easily. So, if, if like you're saying now yourself, that it's not over, and I agree with that. So, and I and, and I'm I'm assuming that that means Man
3: City's the next challenger. So why is Man United not in that is fold? It, it's just more the, the, the points have dropped as well. Like the Drew at home, the Leeds, the, the Drew at Palace. It's just like any time they do say oh all their title contenders, they just yeah. seem to drop points. Yeah. Obviously, Casemiro was a big miss too, because I think if he was playing against Arsenal and he was playing against Leeds in midweek, they would have picked up points. But I just don't think the squad's strong enough, and I don't think United have a, an out and out striker who's going to get them enough goals to win the big games. Yeah, okay. So that's just. Fair enough. Richie? What I
0: can understand what Connor's saying, but I think Man United's in the title race, definitely, yeah. 100%. Um, with the where the points are on, on the board at the minute, I, I don't think you can't look at them and not think they're title contenders. Mm-hmm. They, they, don't get me wrong. Yes, they do drop silly silly points, but yeah. Arsenal have dropped silly points. City are dropping silly points every week. Um, Spurs drop silly points every week. Uh, Newcastle are just dropping points like it's every like week. for like for fun yeah. at the minute. <laughs> oh, um, I, I, it, I, I I just think United look look at the run United went on there mm-hmm. before they were beaten by Arsenal. What was it? Twelve games unbeaten. Mm. And out of those twelve games, was it ten wins? Something, like something, yeah, like it was it was some anyway. something stupid. Anyway, yeah, I don't think there's any reason why they can't go and that's a similar sort of run again. And yes, I know Arsenal can do the same. Yeah. Yes, I know City can do the same. These guys have to play each other twice. Yeah, United will need results to go their way there. In the in the ultimate scenario for Man United, let's say City and Arsenal draw twice. with each other that'd twice. Yeah, that be, that's the ultimate scenario for I mean, United. You know, you can start looking at it going. Yeah, we don't have to play the top two teams in the league um, for the rest of the year. So if we just keep doing what we're doing and just keep winning games and hopefully Arsenal drop a few points here and City drop a few points there, I, I do think United's in a title race, to be honest. And do you not think, though, United would need to win like every game left? Oh, they probably the United, would. They would have yeah. to. They probably would. I don't
1: think so. I, I just don't... Th- like, I understand that. And I'm not... Obviously, I think if they won every game left, <laughs> they'd be in the on position. But I just do think that the wheels are coming off a bit for Arteta. And I think tomorrow night's going to be massive. Absolutely massive. massive. Game, Look,
0: City's not the team they were two years ago. No. I, do, I, I, I don't think teams fear City as much as they maybe have in previous seasons. Like, as as Owen uh, talked about the day that Brentford played City, Brentford should have been going to the Etihad being shit-scared, yeah. and they were not no. shit-scared. If anything, they pumped they for City that day. Yeah. I think teams are going to the Etihad now, and teams are playing City, and they are being a bit more expressive because they can be. Arsenal do have a little bit of a fear factor this season, I will say that. You can see teams do maybe want to sit a wee bit deeper when they play against Arsenal, but these last couple of weeks have showed that you can get at Arsenal. Mm. You know, it's not as if they're—they're they're not the complete team yet. And I'm not by all means—I'm not saying Man United is the complete team either, because they certainly are not. they yeah. they certainly are not. But. Look, if these guys are fit to drop points, I don't see why United... If they just keep moving in this positive direction that they're going in, I don't think there's any reason why they can't be competing with these two sides at the minute.
1: Totally. We've owned the predictions.
0: Yeah, not a bother. Um, So, obviously, I don't think we've done a prediction for Arsenal and City, which is tomorrow night. So, Mm -hmm. Oren, Arsenal at home to Man City. Draw. Connor, Arsenal. I'm going to say draw. Owen?
2: Arsenal, which is a bit weird. in the us predict the city, but yeah, yeah.
0: Arsenal. <laughs> mm. um, first game then on Saturday, Aston Villa at home to Arsenal. Draw. Draw.
2: Weeds are coming off. The yeah. are, are
0: coming off then. Connor. Um Arsenal. I'm going to say Arsenal.
2: Oh, the wheels are firmly attached to Arsenal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, or in Brentford then at home to Crystal Palace. Brentford. Connor. Brentford. I'm going to say Brentford.
2: Draw, I don't know, just feels like a draw for no reason. <laughs> Not giving any tactical insight, just, give me, draw. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just give me draw vibes. Uh, Oren, nice, nice, nice game here. Brighton at home to Fulham.
1: Oh, oh. difficult.
0: The best of the rest here in, in this clash,
1: difficult with Evan Ferguson back. Brighton,
3: Connor, that's really hard. Sixth versus seventh, that's crazy. I yeah. uh, I'll go Brighton because they're at home.
0: Brighton, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to go Brighton as well because I think Brighton at the Amex this season have just Very been good. absolutely unreal. Mm. Yeah. Owen,
1: yeah, Bevan Ferguson's to go to Brighton.
0: Brighton. Owen, Chelsea at home to Southampton.
1: Hmm. <laughs> I want to say Southampton, but it's going to be Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> to go well. <laughs> you have got to go Chelsea. Yeah, you just have to go
2: Chelsea. And go Chelsea. <laughs> they're the only team in the league that are too shit. Even I just have to go Chelsea, even though Chelsea's shade too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh oh big relegation bottle here. Everton at home to Leeds.
1: Do you know what? I think this is really gonna depend if Leeds have hired a manager or not. If Leeds are sticking with their caretaker manager for this game, I'm gonna say Leeds. But if they're not, Sean Dyche gets a win.
3: Okay. Connor. Yeah, it's hard to know if they get a new manager in by then, but I'll go Everton at home.
0: Everton I'm gonna go Everton at home. Yeah, if the goodison crowd, I'm gonna go Everton. Yeah. Uh, Forrest at home to City. <laughs> That's a good
3: game too.
1: Forest or on a green <laughs> field. What Monday?
0: <laughs> yeah, Monday. Forest. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. just I have a feeling.
1: So do hey, I. Well, I'm too scared. <laughs> no, so, <laughs> but see at the
0: City Ground this year, they've already turned some big teams over. Yeah, no, that that crowd gets up for games yeah. like this. I, I'm going to go for it. Depends
2: on their centre <laughs> backs. <laughs> if they're two centre backs, well, back, as well. yeah. Every time of these games I'm going to go, I'm going to say draw. and am feeling being going balls in either Orne or Richie goes in more balls in. I <laughs> <a dog's laughs> the wind, but I'm going to go
0: with draw. Uh Wolves at home to Bournemouth. Wolves. Easy. Yeah, Wolves. Yeah, yeah Wolves. Wolves. Yeah. Easy. Uh Newcastle at home to Liverpool.
3: Um Newcastle. I think Newcastle will fucking slap them. Connor. Yeah, I'm going to go Newcastle because it feels like Liverpool think they're class and they'll just get smashed. Yeah.
0: I'm going to say draw because Newcastle are draw merchants. Yeah, that's true. Hold
2: on. Yeah, copy paste.
0: Newcastle draw merchants. Manchester United at home to Leicester. Manchester United.
3: Yeah, Man United, but it'll be a good game. Leicester playing wildly. Yeah, I think it's going to be
0: a really, really good game. Leicester. When Leicester come to Old Trafford, it always is a good game, to be fair. But I'm going to say Man United as well. Hold
1: Fuck off, Owen. I don't want to say draw. I do want to say draw. I do want to say draw.
2: Oh, uh, what
3: a knob. <laughs> 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 now, you should be long. My predictions are shocking. So if I don't take you in your <laughs> <loving fucking>
2: <laughs> <night>? <laughs> don't worry about it. You should be scared if I say are in the win. <laughs>
0: uh, Spurs at home to West Ham then in the final game.
1: Uh, no, Benton Kerr. I'm going to say a draw.
3: Draw? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was going to go draw because they've no Lloris either. Yeah, I know you love Fraser, yeah. but...
1: I see they went to sign uh, Ben Foster. He said
3: no. I said no. I think Spurs were, would have signed somebody if it was just a few weeks earlier, if it was in January, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But I think they got a bit unlucky and now he's out. Yeah. So, yeah. I think I draw. West draw. Ham
0: are kind of... Uh, playing a bit better, but they're... But they're still shade. They're <laughs> still <laughs> shit. Like, they still could get Spurs again. are shit. West Ham are shit, but I'm going to go for Spurs at home, to be yeah. honest. I, their home form has been early okay this year so I think a bit city at home there from that yeah year, so. I, yeah no I'm gonna go Spurs if only, oh and
2: try to again if only Tottenham had an experienced English international goalkeeper who's won Premier League in their squad but I don't see where they would have got one of them um, I'm gonna go West Ham he's talking about Joe Hart about Joe oh, oh no I know he's talking about Joe Hart but I'm sitting here going that's <laughs> completely lost what
0: a no.
1: and if you're not down with that we got two, two words, words for you, you. So suck so it <laughs> Just over so you know, viewers. Me and Richie have taken upon ourselves to become the new members of Degeneration. X. Yeah, X. yeah. We have I am. I am very aware. <laughs> you Wait, know,
0: me and Oran have fully adopted the personalities of Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Who's Triple H and who's Shawn Michaels? Um, both of us. Yeah. You're no, both. We're, we're just. We're, just, we're, just, a, we're just a culmination of both, really. We we're yeah. trying to decide who in class is getting slammed first. Um, <laughs> And which lecture we're going to pretend is the head of the company, and that we have to walk into the class and imitate the <laughs> fucking triple Michaels and Sean here <laughs> um, Yes, so that's that's our predictions then for the week. Um, uh, we have no guest to player segment this week, um, so that's going to wrap it up Sorry. for this week. One hundred percent. Oh, going to be the one the where to get three right yeah. and come back. Yeah, I,
1: I'll, I'll have it for for the next episode. Yeah, no matter what episode we do, I'll have I'll have. Let's say six because we didn't do the the three this week. I'll have six for next
0: week. <sighs> the points building, uh, right. my brain, yeah. racking my brain to get that one. <laughs> well, listen,
2: if I'm straight on the laptop in the Google search history. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: is gonna do it for this week. So thank you very much for listening. Um, like we said, uh, we're sorry if we didn't get to run through your team in, in as much detail, but we, we just wanted to sort of cover the the you know the main points of interest this this weekend. Um, once again, thank you so much for all your support. Um, the views have actually on Spotify have been nicely yeah, it's going good nicely ticking up there o- over recent weeks. So thank you so much for for tuning in. Um, once again, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It is at Bottom Bins Pod. That's the handle for all of them. Um. Check out episode two of Team Talk, where I sat down with um, Connell uh, Kerr, um, Mincy. Uh, we've talked about him plenty of times um, on the bottom bins. He is our Everton supporter, so got a good chat in with him. Um, please check out our Man City FFP breach um, episode. I'm going to be honest, guys, that's probably one of the best episodes we've ever done. Um, that was... I come out of the, the studio, I said it is when I come mm-hmm. out of the studio yesterday. I was really, really proud, because mm-hmm. that was really, really good content. On as content I... I even think some of the bigger broadcasters would would be afraid to put out. And it's like yeah, I said so yesterday: we just try and be as honest here as we possibly can. Yeah. I know sometimes we take the piss, and, yeah, and of
1: course we're being biased at points and all as well. Yeah, we
0: and passed. like again, look, we like we just want you to know: like if we are slagging your team or whatever, it is just a joke. Yeah, like it's all in good taste. It's all in good taste. It's all in good banter. It is just a bit of banter between football fans. you're
2: Brown Rogers, <laughs> my <I'm only> joke. <joking. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> was just, you know, yeah, no, no, that was good. I mean, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
0: Went, went down as well as I thought it would but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, listen Just thank you so much. Um, check us out, PRL Sports app, P-R-L-Y Sports on the Apple App Store. Seeing they were in the Emirates Stadium there the other day with a nice wee setup up. So, so let's So Jack, I'm calling you. I'm calling you out. You need to get to the Coleraine campus and come down and get a set up with the bottom bins boys. Only joking. Only joking. <laughs> but listen, yeah. Thank you so much for for listening, and please, as always, keep a bottom bend. Keep a bottom bend, boys. Bottom bins.
2: Keep